Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. According to historian Ian Murray, when Thomas Chalmers was born in 1780, it was about the deadest time in the history of the Church of Scotland since the Reformation. When he died in 1847, it was about the alivest, and the difference was almost entirely attributable to the Spirit's work through him. In 1819, when he preached what is today his best-known sermon, The Expulsive Power of a New Affection, he had just begun a great experiment in church planting and cultural renewal in Glasgow, Scotland. His determination to restore the parish model of ministry amidst urban industrial blight was beginning to have a dramatic effect on the nation and had captivated the imaginations of social reformers around the world. Even so, he was still only on the threshold of what would become one of the most fruitful ministries in the history of the Christian church. Chalmers would become the undisputed leader of a vibrant evangelical resurgence. In the coming years, he would serve as pastor, professor, and publisher. He would establish schools, missions, organizations, and Bible societies. He would write books on a myriad of subjects from economics and social policy to systematic theology and strategic mission. He would lead an unprecedented church planting movement, and he would mentor an entire generation of pastors, educators, missionaries, writers, and reformers, including Robert Murray McShane, William Chalmers Burns, Alexander Duff, William Sinclair McKay, and the Bonar brothers, John, James, Andrew, and Horatius. Together, these men would be responsible for an astonishing burst of gospel energy and productivity hardly ever matched before or since. C.H. Waller claimed, The nearest approach that I know of in the history of the church universal to apostolic conditions of faith and living was what was to be seen in the Free Church of Scotland in its earliest days under the stewardship of Thomas Chalmers. He was born in the small fishing village of Inster on the southeast coast of Scotland. His parents lovingly raised Thomas and his eight brothers and five sisters in a home filled with good books, beautiful music, hard work, and practical faith. From an early age, it was evident that Chalmers was exceedingly gifted. At the age of three, he outstripped his parents' resources and was enrolled in the local school. Then, when he was 12, he entered St. Andrew's University. He hoped to eventually become a professor at the university, and in 1795, he entered the Divinity School to prepare for a parallel career in the ministry. In 1803, two opportunities simultaneously presented themselves. He was offered the pastorate 
of the rural parish of Kilmeny and a permanent faculty post at the University Teaching Mathematics and Science. Since Kilmeny was not far from St. Andrews, he accepted both offers. An energetic orator, he gained quick renown for his elegant sermons. His mathematics courses were among the most popular offerings at the university. There was just one problem. He was not yet converted. His was the cold and formal religion of the day, legalistic and moralistic. Despite his devout upbringing, his evident gifting, and his profound learning, he was unacquainted with the gospel of grace. His was the religion of do this and live, and not of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. In 1809, he suffered a series of unsettling losses and bereavements. Shortly thereafter, he was himself bedridden for months, and in the depths of despair, he cried out to God in a manner that he never had before. Though he would recover, he would never be the same again. When he returned to the pulpit, he was a changed man. Profoundly humbled by the incongruity of his former life, he declared, What are the objects of mathematical science? Magnitude and the proportions of magnitude. But in the foolishness of my youth, I had forgotten the two chief magnitudes. I thought not of the littleness of time, and I recklessly thought not of the greatness of eternity. He had a new appetite for the scriptures. He resolved in his journal, I would learn of thy holy oracles. I would take the sayings of the Bible simply and purely as they are and exercise myself on the trueness of these sayings. The promises of God, the richness of theology, and the ordinary means of grace all came alive to him. He was transformed and in short order, so was his little congregation. His preaching came alive. Word spread. Crowds flocked to the Fifeshire countryside to hear Chalmers preach and to witness the zeal of the revived parish. His fame was heralded throughout Scotland and soon throughout the English-speaking world. In 1815, Chalmers accepted a call to the most prominent congregation in Scotland in the booming metropolis of Glasgow, then reeling from the social and cultural upheavals of the Industrial Revolution. There, he pioneered innovative initiatives for the care of the poor and established a host of other ministries and institutions, but the foundation for his reforming work was a determination to lean unstintingly on the ordinary means of grace. He believed that in the same way that he had been stirred to faith, others would be too. Indeed, he wrote, the gospel is no mere system of inert and unproductive orthodoxy, this because it is the office of the Holy Spirit to sanctify men, and he does so largely through the tangible intermedium of the Word. 
Consequently, at the time of his death in 1847, Kelton McPhee would assert, Scotland is now filled with men, and England has more than a few of such, who never weary in giving utterance to their feelings when they speak of those times of happy excitement when they spent in the presence of Dr. Chalmers, while the great man himself held the mind and the soul of all present in his powerful grasp. Inasmuch as he sent forth over its surface a body of men who, if they in turn turn not aside from the path that he sent them, forward may, and with God's help, uh, will bring about the great Christian regeneration of Scotland. For now, every parish has a young would-be Chalmers. In the short span of his lifetime, Chalmers was able to launch an extraordinary movement of reformational change. He was able to do so by discipling others with the same ordinary means of grace that had so dramatically changed him. What God's Word, by the power of God's Spirit, produced in Thomas Chalmers and his disciples, it can surely produce in us. As Chalmers declared, act up to the light that you have gotten by reading earnestly and praying opportunely and striving laboriously, and to you more will be given. That is the basis of both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.com.